You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. Welcome back to the Storm Tracker Podcast. I'm Marcus Benjamin, representing for canescounty.com, part of the rivals.com network. Make sure you subscribe to canescounty.com. And also subscribe to this YouTube channel live from Canes County. Joining me today is Jerry Cutts from the Osceola as we preview Miami versus Florida State. Thank you for joining me today, Jerry. Glad to be here, Marcus. Awesome. Jerry, I understand it that you've been doing this a long time. You're originally from Miami, but you, you crossed over. Uh, you know, when, when you went to school out, out of FSU, kind of give me a kind of a, a gist of, of your perspective of the rivalry being that you kind of crossed over uh, yeah. to Florida State. Yeah, it was, uh, I grew up right there by the, uh, by the Orange Bowl, uh, as a kid, went to St. Michael, the Archangel Elementary School. And okay. so, uh, any rate, I grew up a cane. My, my my dad graduated from the University of Miami, and uh, my my brother was an Easter Seals uh, uh, handicapped child, and we got a uh, free free tickets to every game. Wow. My mother my mother took us to every game from time I was born and until uh, we moved out of there in about 1967. So I saw a lot of hurricane football. Awesome, awesome, and obviously, I I believe this is the greatest rivalry in college football. A lot of great memories, a lot of great games. Which one was your favorite, or which which memory kind of sticks out to you, Jerry? Well, you know the the losses do. I don't know why that is, but <laughs> everybody I know in athletics, you always remember the the losses, and I think the. Uh, the uh, 87 loss to Miami on a two-point conversion. We went for two, and uh, uh, we didn't get it. And uh, Miami went on to win the national championship. So that was a, a national championship game in Doe Campbell Stadium. And uh, yeah. it was a tough, tough loss. Of course, the wide rights always hurt. And then I guess one that, you know, really, you know, a good one, I uh, was just with Matt Fryer the other day. His son is a prospect, that a four-star prospect that's uh, committed to FSU. And in 93, we beat Miami up here in Tallahassee and went on to win the national championship that year. So I also remember a 1980 game where we had that game won in Miami and uh, went for two, and the pass was down, batted down by Jim Burt. So you Kane, older Kane fans will remember that one. That was before you were born, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, it, it certainly was. It certainly was. Um, for me, if I could just share my favorite, uh, yes, you know, memories is uh, the first one for me is wide right one. Um, that, that game, I, I really kind of, you know, fell in love, to be honest, um, with the Hurricanes. Uh, my sister went to the school. Um, my now brother-in-law, uh, a couple of other relatives as well. I, I was born and raised in Miami. Um, you know, so that that for me was really kind of the first game to really kind of, you know, cement my, uh, uh, I guess, fandom for, for, for the team back in those days. And then I, I would say the, if we could talk about more recent ones, the, the Daryl Langham touchdown at Doak, um, 
to to stop the streak was 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 definitely a uh, a great moment I I think for Hurricanes fans because you know it's been mediocre for for the past especially for Hurricanes fan standards for the past twenty years and I think that was the one moment and one year where Miami fans kind of felt like they were quote unquote back. Um, you know, they're still trying to get back, of course. Um, but that, that was one moment uh, where where they felt that way. And then um, the 2000 game as well was 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 fantastic with, with Jeremy Shockey, um, you know, scoring the touchdown and, you know, doing the, you know, celebration. And, and that was that was great. But the, the fact that they didn't play for the championship that year still that still has this kind of a sour taste. So those are the kind of the, well, one more is, is the, 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 the slog fest at Doak where uh, Sean Taylor, you know, return, return the, uh, the interception for the touchdown. It was a muddy, muddy game. Uh, that was one of my favorite, favorite memories as well. Um, it's definitely a great rivalry. Well, it's, it is, I think it, I don't know. We're biased, but I obviously, it, yeah. But it, but from a Florida State standpoint, you know, and Hurricane fans will relate to this. When you have my Florida on your schedule, you know, you they're easy to hate, um, and uh, I think the the rivalry for me between Florida State and Florida is a hate rivalry. Uh, <laughs> Miami. Is more of a respect rivalry to me. Now, I agree. Uh, there are fans, a lot of our fans who live in Miami, uh, uh, you know, and have to live with you people year round. They might say that Miami is the hate rivalry. But I can tell you, having worked in administration at FSU, uh, we had a time, uh, we had played at Clemson and we were on the way back from the Clemson game and our team, uh, our team of equipment truck caught fire and burned. Wow. The first phone call our equipment manager got was from the University of Miami equipment manager. He had already loaded a truck and was sending equipment up to Tallahassee so that we'd be able to practice that week. Wow. And we've had that kind of a relationship with Miami over the years. Uh, you know, Ron Frazier was a seminal and, uh, there's Bob Berger, who used to be in uh, sports information uh, during the Butch Davis years, was a Florida State had uh, worked up here. We've had a lot of employees go back and forth between Miami and Florida State. Yeah. And I can't think of a one from Florida. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not a one. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, so, yeah, we look forward to this game. And uh, it's we'll have a sold-out stadium. And the energy will be very high. And I can tell you, Miami brings more people to Doak than any other team that we play, including Clemson and Florida. Oh, wow. Including Florida. You know, I, yeah. I have to, I have to agree with you, Jerry, for, for me. And I think most Canes fans, we hate Florida more, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that Miami fans and the Miami, the Miami school, uh, you know, they, do not like Florida at all. And I totally agree. I, I feel like it's more of a respect thing. Um, for me, it's kind of a holiday. It's my favorite game of the year uh, to watch. Um, so, 
you know, Florida, it's like, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, both of us enjoyed last weekend when they lost to Arkansas, right? <laughs> if we were doing a podcast, if this podcast was Georgia-Auburn and, and we asked each other which team we hate the most, it would be Florida. Right. I can't, Florida's pretty much hated by everybody. Yeah, yeah, that, that is a fact. That is definitely a fact. But, yeah, let's, let's talk about this game. Um, obviously, Florida State's having a great, great season. They're undefeated, uh, likely going to be announced in the top four of the college football playoff for the second consecutive week uh, tonight. And they've had some ups. They've had some downs, although they haven't suffered a loss as of yet. When you looked at or, or watched every game this season, which game did you did you kind of see them, I guess, the most vulnerable? And which game did they just look the best to you? Well, the LSU was the best they've looked. Um, they rose to that occasion. They played up to the competition against uh, LSU. Uh, I think the uh, red bandana game at Boston College, uh, yeah. that's a Sleepy place. It's easy to get lulled to sleep there, and uh, they, they struggled at at Boston College. I felt like uh, now Boston College has proved to be a better team than what we thought they were the day we played them. But uh, those would be the two games. Uh, and and what I see, and you mentioned it, is that this team will play up and down, and they'll do it in the same game. Um, I, I, I wouldn't call this a very uh, – uh, their strength is they're explosive. Um, I mean, they can be really, really good in, 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 a, in, a, in a run of four or five series. They'll play really, really good. And then other times they appear inconsistent where they'll, uh, uh, they'll just go three and out a couple times in a row. And, and it, I think a lot of our fans and I think college football fans, they expect Florida State to be that explosive team every time they touch the ball. And, and they've struggled to do that. That, that would be, you know, if they, their, their strength is their explosiveness, their weakness is uh, some inconsistency. Yeah, uh, you kind of saw that last week, right, uh, again, against Pitt. I mean, although they were down, you know, their two top, top receivers and Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman and uh, also Hakeem Williams as well, from, from what I understand, wasn't, wasn't available or, or is going through some kind of injury. Uh, but still, you, 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 they kind of went through, a, a, I guess, kind of a sleepy game, even though this wasn't a, a noon kick. Um, in your perspective, kind of what happened in that pit game? In the pit game, like in the first quarter, they had 168 yards of offense, but they didn't put it in the end zone. You know, they just didn't score. Uh, that, that first quarter, the stats were 168 Florida State, 19 pit. And uh, it was just one of those uh, days where uh, we had one turnover, and that was it. We just uh, uh, we didn't score. Had a 94-yard drive and on fourth and goal, uh, went for it and uh, didn't convert. 
and it was so it was one of those kinds of things. Uh, I think uh, Pat Narduzzi does a really good job with his front and uh, confusing. Uh, they get a lot of people into the running game. And that's what they did against Florida State. And they made it hard for Florida State to run it. And I think Narduzzi does that by nature. But also knowing that the top two receivers were out, um, I think he wanted to make Florida State beat him, throwing the ball with our backup receivers in the game. And, uh, and so we really struggled to run it against Pitt. Gotcha. Now, um, you guys have, you know, the outstanding quarterback in, in Jordan Travis. Uh, we've kind of seen this guy grow over the years, uh, Palm Beach guy. And, you know, seems like he's been at Florida State uh, for a long time now. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, he's grown into a NFL, you know, maybe worthy type quarterback. Can you talk about what you've seen from him over the years and just what makes him so dangerous? Yes, so he came under uh, Willie Taggart. So when Mike Norville got here, he inherited uh, Jordan. And early on in Jordan's career, he, he, he really lacked confidence. He might be the only quarterback I've ever met who, who really seriously lacked confidence in himself. And Mike did it. At one time, he wanted to. He asked Mike about switching to receiver, and uh, and Mike told him, "No, no, you, if you if you put in the work, you'll be a Heisman candidate one day." And he believed in Jordan, and I think that was the turning point for for Travis. He had a coach who believed in him, and was willing to uh, work with him and alter the offense to to uh, take advantage of his playmaking ability. I think Jordan's greatest strength, honestly, is uh, the team believes in him. Um, he's he's one of the best leaders that I've I've seen in my 40 years covering the program. There's a love for him among his teammates, and uh, in fact, when he decided to come back, that's when you saw guys like Trey Benson and Jared Verse and and these other guys decide to come back too. Um, he is definitely the bell cow. Now, on the field, he uh, I had an NFL coach tell me that a quarterback cannot learn to throw the ball better. That by the time they get to the college level, they are what they are. And uh, he has since told me he was wrong, that Jordan is the first he's seen really improve his ability to throw the ball. You know, his legs are natural. He's, he has a little bit of that escapability that yeah. Charlie Ward had. He can, he can, right when you think you got him hemmed up, he can escape and extend plays. And I think that's his trademark. But, man, if you look at the pit film and you see a couple of the throws he made, back shoulder throws that were spot on, he threw dimes. And he couldn't do that when he was a sophomore. Um, so his development as a passer uh, has been, uh, I guess, spectacular. I don't think I've ever seen anyone improve 
year over year like he has. And, you know, Mike Norville will tell you that it's about the, the work he puts in and the amount of film he studies. He, he's not a guy who goes out there and does it just on athletic ability. He, he has, he is a student of the game. So yeah. I think that in, those, his greatest strengths probably other than his running are the intangibles. You know, he, 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 he works at the game and uh, because he does, he has the confidence of his teammates. They see the work he puts in. Awesome. Um, and, of course, Travis has some outstanding playmakers to throw to uh, this season at, in uh, Keon Coleman that I mentioned earlier, Johnny Wilson. Uh, you mentioned uh, Benson, the running back, and Jaheim uh, Bell as well as at tight end. Um, just first of all, of I wanted to ask. First, yeah, first of all, I wanted to ask about the uh, the health of your receivers. Uh, they were yeah. out last week against Pitt. So uh, do you expect them to, to play this week? I could tell you, but then Mike would have to kill me. <laughs> but no, uh, I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, as I stand here today, I don't know. Mike said at the press conference, yesterday that he uh that they're hopeful to have both of them back um for the game and uh he spoke positively of that he's the guy the one thing norville gives us a lot of access to the game i mean to the practices we get to watch practice on tuesday and wednesday so well, i'm super uh, jealous i'm super jealous yeah. of that jerry because coach cristobal doesn't allow any any type of watching of the practice Exactly. And, and we've had that, you know, under Jimbo Fisher didn't. And so, you know, I grew up, you know, I started Osceola in 1982 and Coach Bowden was our coach. And back then I got to even watch film with the coaches. I mean, I had total access for wow. all 18 years. And uh, and so Mike, Mike gives us access. The one thing he doesn't want us talking about is injuries. Um, so... Uh, uh, what we what we see is uh, what's on the practice field. I'm not there this morning. I'm with you. So I don't know if those guys are dressed or not. Our, our report later today, uh, Bob Ferrante and Kurt Weiler will give us a report on whether they practice today or not. But on Monday, Mike said he was hopeful that both of them would be available on Saturday. Okay, so uh, definitely visit the Osceola.com for the latest on the Florida State Seminole uh, injury situation. I did want to ask a, a little bit about some hometown guys. People kind of want to know yeah. about Hakeem Williams and and Conrad Hussey and, and, and others. Uh, what have you seen from them thus far? So I'm really excited about Hussey. He's a true freshman, and uh, in August I kind of drove – some of my staff crazy raving about him, you know, as a true freshman, he, uh, he has instinct. He's a football player. And, uh, I like Miami guys. I'm partial to them. Grew up down there. Went to Cole Gables youth center. And, uh, my buddy, I, I moved before high school ball, but you know, all my buddies played high school ball. And, uh, I think Miami kids are just different. They're better. Uh, 
they uh, the competition level in Dade County was so many 6A high schools. Uh, you've got to pack a lunch every time you step on the field. And the nice. Miami kids are just, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're competitive and they're, they've played a lot of football. Football is their number one priority. And, uh, you know, you get kids from other states or other parts of the state and they played three sports and surf and do other things. Miami kids are football players and Hussey yeah. epitomizes it. Uh, I'm a big Hussey fan. Uh, and then Me uh, you mentioned Hakeem. Hakeem came in uh, early, and uh, at the time, you know, he was a big kid. I mean, you, you're surprised at how wide Hakeem is. He's tall, but he's also wide. And he was carrying about 15 more pounds than he is now. So he came in early, went through spring, and I thought, boy, he's he really was – he, I thought he was behind, to be honest with you. And he's a super talent, but I just thought he wasn't—he wasn't physically in the right shape. Uh, when we do our off-season conditioning program, he was—he struggled through it. And when he reported in August, he was a different kid. He's leaned out. He, uh, you know, throughout the summer workouts, he got very comfortable with uh, the workout routine the amount of work required by uh, Norvell's program. And uh, Hakeem has been a different kid since August. He's uh, he's going to be a really, really good player. Um, and already uh, this year, you know, he, he, he had a good run of uh, uh, being targeted and catching the ball and uh, showing some uh, advanced skills. And then he got injured. So he's missed. Um, I don't know if he'll be back this weekend or not, but uh, we've had a run of injuries at a wide receiver. There's no question. Gotcha. Uh, you're breaking up just slightly uh, with those last couple of sentence, just sentences, just, you know, so you may want to, I don't know, take a step forward or back or whatnot, just so you know. <laughs> uh, but um, let's talk about the defense. Um, you know, uh, obviously this defense has, has played well at times and they haven't looked their best at times. What does this defense do well, and who are some of the guys that Miami should be weary of? You know, we went into the season thinking it was going to be the defense that would be our greatest. Um, what's, um, our Still breaking up a little bit, Jerry. Okay, let me try. Let me try a different way. Can you hear me better now? Yeah, I can hear you better now. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, we went into the season thinking our defense front was going to be the, and uh, as it turned out, the second played better, and I think it might be because we're we're running a four-two defense and playing a lighter box, giving the secondary some help. That's my opinion. Uh, and uh, but but the overall defense performed well and it's it's played better and better as the season has progressed in terms of guys that are are playing particularly well you always have to watch out for uh Jared Verse on one right. end Patrick Payton the Miami guy on the other end Patrick absolutely really 
he's he's really emerged. Uh, and then a linebacker, most active linebackers, Kalosh, um, he's a good, really good player. Uh, what Bernard, linebacker did you say? It, it broke up again. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Kalen Kalosh, probably the most active linebacker. Kalosh. Uh, along with um, uh, uh, a Bethune, who's Tatum Bethune. He's, uh, he's played very well. And this year, so the Loesch and Bethune are the most active uh, uh, linebackers of, of the three. Absolutely, uh, Patrick Payton definitely uh, was a late bloomer down here in, in high school. Um, and he really blew up his senior year. He was committed to Nebraska and then ended up flipping to Florida State. Uh, you guys definitely got a gem with him, and he just continues uh, to get better. Yeah, Last he's. he's Place with a lot of passion, and uh, he he'll get his hand on a lot of pass. Uh, he, he bats down a lot of balls at the line. Good player. Definitely. Last last thing before uh, I let you go, Jerry. Uh, predictions. Um, you know uh, this game. You, you you always never know how it's going to end up, right? Um, it, it can it can go either way. You can kind of throw the records out of the window in this one. Uh, Miami reeling off of uh, probably their, their most disappointing outing of the season, especially offensively against NC State, lose, losing 20 to 6. So they've got that taste in their mouth. And they, you know, you know, Cristobal said this week, uh, there's no better time uh, than a rivalry. I mean, there's always a good time for a rivalry. So I think this comes at a great time for Miami uh, to, to hopefully just at least play better on the field but jerry if it was um you know we fast forward to the last whistle of the game how do you think it turns out at dope saturday evening I, well you never know going into this game but i i feel i feel pretty confident florida state can win this this football game um and, and i i think the margin the the spread that the vegas and the money is picked 14 is is a fair one Florida State likes to be around 31 points, so I'd call it 31-17 Florida State. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard for me to imagine that Miami would come out uh, of Dope Campbell with a victory uh, just because they just haven't performed well on the road this year in conference. And until they can kind of prove that, you know, I, I'm going to pick against them. I picked – them to to win against nc state and they couldn't make the place to win and you know miami's got questions at quarterback they may play you know the backup this week um from what i hear um so you know with all of that being said it's hard for me to see miami keep up with florida state offensively so but i think they fight though i i think they fight i think they cause a couple turnovers maybe to you know keep it close but I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be maybe a 31-21 a, a, a uh, type of game when it's all said yeah. and done. Well, we'll see. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Let me first say, playing at NC State is not easy. Um, Florida's beaten at NC State a number of times. Uh, they, they have arguably the the, the nastiest fans in the conference. And I know I'm 
hammies, so don't, 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 don't. But it's just a tough place to play. Their fans are rap. Um, and Penn State has a pretty good football team. So um, I, I, would, I wouldn't uh, base my prediction on a loss there. They, whatever Miami is, we'll get the best of it on uh, Saturday. Absolutely. I think, I think the same is true for Florida State. You said which game did Florida State play the best? It was LSU. They, Florida State tends to play up to their competition. So that's why I, I respect Miami highly. Uh, but I think uh, every player on that field will play their best game uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I totally agree. Looking forward to it. That's Jerry Cutts, ladies and gentlemen, from the Osceola, joining me today on the Storm Tracker podcast, scouting the opponent. Thank you for joining me today, Jerry. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, working with you and uh, look forward to doing more in the future. Absolutely. Once again, make sure you subscribe to the Storm Tracker podcast on all platforms. Make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel as well. Live from Canes County, most importantly, subscribe to the website, canescounty.com, part of the Rivals Network. That's going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast. Until the next episode.